0: Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Anti-Bullying 101. My name is Jim Burns, and we're here to discuss a variety of topics. Bullying's the big one, but right now, many people are experiencing a host of other problems. Domestic violence, workplace bullying, cyberbullying, and community and family bullying. You know, often when I speak with people... I discovered that they seem to be having trouble with the people that are closest to them in their life, like their parents or their siblings. People become angry and bitter and don't realize that there is a choice that can be made and it's just as easy to develop love, joy, and peace and patience as it is to be angry, bitter, and vengeful. This podcast is designed for anyone who wants to have a fuller, more vibrant life and offer, and we offer some ideas on how to balance the physical, the mental, the emotional, and sometimes the spiritual areas of their life. But we are Anti-Bullying 101, so it's truly my hope that we can help everyone live a life without the fear of harassment, intimidation, and bullying. And yes, we do talk about a variety of topics. We talk about teachers, we talk about society. We talk about information that's in the news, and there's a lot of stuff out there today that is important. And often, well, I won't say often, but at times we do have guests come on that are just, they're above and beyond. They've done stuff above and beyond what anyone else could do. And today I have with me Mike Kazala, And Mike, is a speaker. He delivers keynotes and presentations, and he's facilitated professional development and uh, you know and taught graduate courses on four continents. And he's written several books. Four of them, uh, you know, uh, we have the Kinesthetic Classroom. Uh, one that I didn't even know about, Mike, which was Ready, Set, Go, uh, which I'd like to see. Uh, then you have a training in motion. Uh, and there's one that we're going to be talking about today, which is the Peak Performing Teacher. He's the co-author and, you know, the bestseller of an, um, an Association of Educational Publishers Distinguished Achievement Award nominated. And that was for the kinesthetic classroom, I believe. Correct, Mike?
1: That is correct. That is
0: correct. And you know he's been all over the place. He's been Asia. He's been in Australia, uh, and he's going to share a few other places. But the beauty of this interview for me, and the joy of it for me, is I work with Mike, uh, and he has been a real resource for me. He's helped me. He's brought me along sometimes in some areas where I may have needed some help as as a college instructor. And he works with the Regional Training Center, and he leads a cadre of about 100 graduate instructors and who regularly provide graduate work to thousands of teachers across Pennsylvania, Maryland, and New Jersey, of which I happen to be one. Uh, He works in partnership with the College of New Jersey and LaSalle University. And during his tenure, he's overseen the development of the Regional Training Centers, and this is so important online but more moreover the virtual course offering program when we went into this pandemic we really needed help in terms of what we were going to do and Mike took care of that virtual piece and it was almost seamless and we continued with our instruction it was absolutely so well done he's oversees the implementation of new coursework certificate programs master's programs and he manages the partnership between the training center and the, uh, the universities. And I am so thrilled to have you here, Mike. Uh, you don't know. It, th- this new book, it's exciting. Uh, it's something that I, I think all teachers should read. I, and I, I'm just going to say up front that I don't... I think teachers, and this is something that I've discovered, spend so much time taking care of somebody else's kids, they don't take care of themselves. Uh, It's a it's a serious problem. I mean, you and teachers today are they're kind of burning out. I don't know how many teachers are willing to enter the field anymore. Uh, They're tired from all the work that they have to put in. They go home. They don't have time for their family, their loved ones. They're answering emails. They're grading papers. They have all kinds of things to do. And your goal with this book is to help them become peak performing. So how did this book come about, and what what became your reason for wanting to write this book?
1: Well, Jim, first of all, thank you for having me. It is just a pleasure to continue to work with you, Um, you know, moving on two decades, and uh, the Regional Training Center has been an important part of both of our lives. So thank you for having me. My pleasure. So this book has been in the works, actually, since before I even started with Regional Training Center. Uh, late 90s, I would say, uh, I wrote to Tony Robbins, I was a huge Tony Robbins fan and a lot of other uh, kind of motivational uh, professionals and coaches and said, hey, what about the performing teacher? What are you doing for teachers? Because, you know, I was really into his stuff consuming as much as I could. I read his books that- taking in his, uh, his, his uh, cassettes and then CDs and then digital. And I spent a week with him in Business Mastery in Las Vegas in 2014. And his people were very nice to me. They wrote back and they said, hey, good luck with this endeavor. Um, pretty much you help the teachers. And they sent uh, all of his books to the school library where I was working. So I kind of pushed that off to the side. And the kinesthetic classroom came into my life, eventually designing graduate courses, writing books, And then, you know, doing professional development keynotes, et cetera. Uh, And it's so much fun. And it led to a book that you mentioned uh, after the Kinesthetic Classroom, Ready, Set, Go, the Kinesthetic Classroom 2.0, and also a book for corporate trainers teaching in motion. So, you know, that all was going along well. The pandemic came along. It changed how I operated. So I was still doing a little bit of live work, but mostly it had gone virtual. And I got to a point in the pandemic where I said, you know what? And so this was completely kind of selfish, but I needed a project. I needed something new. I needed something different. And I I pulled that back out. It's like, Mike, why don't you finally write what you're, you know, another part of your passion that's been sitting there for a long time. I come from a family of teachers, wife, sister, both parents, three grandparents and aunt a cousin. It's just what we do in my family. I have used my own life as an experiment. I have done so much uh, reading and consuming of information and testing things out and where I'm at now in my life, I want to be able to make life better for others. That's kind of my mission, especially younger teachers to, to mm. avoid some of the issues that happen. Uh, and uh, so the timing with the pandemic was not purposeful that this has been the two hardest school years ever in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out it's it's a good thing. And so I needed something for me. I needed a project. I needed uh, to create this book, and it was just a joy to pull together resources from the graduate courses and from earlier writings I had done, and some new writings, and getting other people involved in the project. And it just came to fruition, and it's partnered with live trainings, and uh, and so it's just really been selfish for me, but I think also it's going to be a good thing um, to really give back to the field that has given so much to me.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I have a question I've been wanting to ask you, to maybe off topic a, a tiny bit. Uh, how did you start working for the training
1: center? Yeah, so, you know, in Pennsylvania, uh, teachers need to take graduate courses. Uh, they need to get a, what's called a level two certification. It's 24 credits past your undergrad within five years, or you lose your certificate. So uh, I was started taking RTC graduate courses, found a brochure in my box one day. And I took one of them because I liked the way they were offered in an executive format. And it was I was just blown away. I think my first instructor ever may have been Millie Scanlon, Jim, a long time ago. Um, and, and, I, and then I took some more. The way they did things, like, you know, SEL is kind of a thing now. Uh, it, it's in the literature. There's lots of books written, lots of PD given. Well, RTC has been doing SEL forever. -hmm. Purposely in their courses, the courses were different. They were hands-on. They were collaborative. They they really had a a, 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 you know the advantage of offering things in a really socially, emotionally friendly way, and I liked it. It just you know really uh, jived with me. Mm -hmm. And so I eventually, after four or five courses, like I might give this a try. And the instructors encouraged me, and I you know taught my first course in two thousand and one. Mm -hmm. and just had a I became a brain junkie went through the training for brain-based teaching and learning course loved it changed my life changed my world that's what really led into you know finding Eric Jensen's work and getting into the movement piece and Gene Blades um, and and it just changed me forever 2003 I I went to work with RTC full-time and I've been there ever since Mm
0: -hmm. and you were, and you got to correct me if I'm wrong, I think, were you a music teacher?
1: I was. I was, a, yeah, band director. I taught K through 12, uh, 4 through 12, actually. I never taught K through 3. Music, general music, band, choral. I've kind of done it all. Uh, and it was a great, great career. That's another story, Jim, for another podcast. I mean, yeah. you know, I never played I never played a note of music until I was almost 20 years old. Wow. And I just kind of fell into it um, and, you know, So it was a great career and I still refer to it, love it, but uh, just, you know, moving on to RTC at some point.
0: Right. Right. You know, the, the peak performing teacher, can you, I know there's five areas. Can you give us an overview of those five areas?
1: Sure. And chapter one is living the physical life because that is what my life became about. Uh, You know, the kinesthetic classroom. And there's so much more to the brain body connection and being physical every day because your brain demands the physicality—that it's you know the body supports the brain. The brain is the primary beneficiary of the benefits of aerobic activity. Mm-hmm. Our our you know our physiology can change our psychology. How you use your body, you know, using your physical life to create success in other areas of your life. So it's just not about fitness and exercise. It's bigger than that. And I wanted to write about that first because it's so important to me. Uh, the second habit is about how to manage your stress, but I call it changing your mind because there's a different way to do that. So. It's changing your perspective. What is Shakespeare's quote? I'm going to get this wrong, but something about nothing is uh, good or bad. It is thinking that makes it so. So one person's stress is another person's joy. So it's about reframing things and, and uh, creating perspective in your life. But on the other hand, doing proactive things like practicing mindfulness, like practicing meditation, practicing specific breathing techniques uh, that really can enhance your stress management either in the moment or for longer term purposes. Mm -hmm. And then uh, three is sharpen your mental game. And that is about creating personal mission, you know, which can align your value system and have something to lean on when you're making decisions uh, that, you know, to see whether you're getting closer to your goals or further away. Mm -hmm. Is this something I really want to take on? This is my mission. How do I make this decision around moving forward and goal setting uh, how to do goals specifically how to write them so, so they're more helpful finding your why finding your person to help you um, and and moving forward with with goal setting and personal mission and then we move on to uh gratefulness practicing gratitude which I feel like that is my superpower I have this ability because uh, I know it works it changes how you. the research tells us it does you know you can change your life change your you know mindset in a minute from being grateful practicing gratitude and it's in the in the book in the chapter i sought out someone who i knew created a life improvement business it was a car dealership and he sold cars as a life improvement business and it's not a gimmick i know this guy very well and he his whole practice is around gratitude every day everyone including the people you know the guys that worked on the cars in the shop they would stop what they're doing get in the gratitude circle and it was just it's incredible to. I've had many conversations with him, and that his story in that chapter is incredible. And I take that and equate that to, to the classroom and to teachers' own lives. And then finally, the morning routine. Uh, you know what are you doing to be the cliche, win the day? Uh, win the morning, win the day? Uh, what are you doing when you get out of bed or when you're still in bed before you ever start your day? And I sought out real teachers. Uh, you know, so so it's not a pipe dream. I don't put their stories out there to say, oh, this is impossible. It's about what's what is possible. And, and I was I, I reached out to about 10, eight, 10 teachers because I saw what they were doing professionally, and I thought to myself, I didn't know this. I didn't know this about them. I thought they must have a morning routine to be that successful at what they're doing. They're they're officials in their state organizations. They run podcasts. They're authors, but they're all practicing classroom teachers and and i was right on almost every account except one one guy said hey mike uh, i have small kids you don't want to know my morning routine Uh, but yeah the rest of them the rest of them came back with these i was like wow i was blown away by their morning routines and so those are the five habits in combination uh in the peak performing teacher Mm
0: -hmm. i I like the um the morning routine I, i i really do uh it's something, well, I have a young daughter, right, 12 years old. So there's kind of a morning routine that I have around her. But I've often found it because um, uh, I had put together some information about consistency. Uh, and I found it interesting that um, uh, one of the things that has helped me over the years was just to do five to ten minutes of exercise as soon as you get out of bed. A few squats, you know, uh, maybe just a little something for five or 10 minutes. And it seems to absolutely help. It puts, it puts in motion that physical piece that you talk about, you know, where your, your, your body is in motion all day. So I think those are five absolutely great habits, you know, and I know we've had the pandemic, um, and of course, we're having other things right now that are just causing tremendous amount of stress. Yes. I mean, people just have to look at their bank account to see that their stock market's falling every day. Uh, they're worried about world issues. Uh, they're they're worried about uh, maybe hanging on to their job. They're worrying about cuts. They're worrying about whether or not we, this is actually the profession that I want to be in. I'm in this profession. I don't even know if I want to stay here or not. So. What's your? Why do you think this topic is so important right now and it's so necessary right now?
1: It just gives people some stability to lean on. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we can get into certain routines, create certain habits, when times are tough. I'm not saying this book is going to take, take away your tough times. That's not it at all, but it's a certain way to approach life so that you can survive those tough times Mm -hmm. in in a more productive way. You know, when I can lean on my physical life, when I can lean on, you know, how I manage stress and how I create perspective, lean on my personal mission, lean on my morning routine, you know, have that ability to mine for gratitude Mm -hmm. throughout the day. Those things set me up for a better mindset. They set me up to live a more productive life so I can be, Taking care of myself, putting myself at the top of my to-do list, which I wish every teacher would do because they're better for themselves and for their students. That's the point of the book. How do I show up each day in spite of all that's going on in the world and and uh, going on in education, and that is about being mindful, too. you know what's right in front of me? What am i what am I you know, paying attention to here versus everything that's running around in my head when you focus on the moment and focus on what's right in front of you really hard to be stressed about those things because your focus is here. So there's just little things like that. Now I did I want to say this too. I didn't vent anything in this book. It's just told through my filters and my perspective and my past and my realities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and hopefully it's helpful to teachers that it's a, this book is a reminder. Mm-hmm. We all know, you know, these different things are important, but it's a reminder and, and there's a few ideas about how to move forward. So mm-hmm. in this very stressful time, and I have felt it too, big time, It's been impacted RTC. You know, the world events impacts everyone personally. It makes you feel a certain way. How do we gain perspective and move forward with that? And this provides this framework um, to lean on in times of mm-hmm. trouble.
0: Yeah. It, it's kind of like you have a place to go. Yeah. You know, this is where I got to go. You, you, you've you got everything here. You're going to veer from the, to the right and to the left occasionally, but you know where the center is. Yes. You know, uh, so I, that's it's really interesting. You know, it, and you, you made the comment, you know, you, you didn't invent anything. No. You know, I can remember, it seemed like 100 years ago now, it's probably more like 35 or something like that. I got completely immersed in Stephen Covey's material seven habits of highly effective people yeah and i'm really the impact actually, on me oh he's everybody i'm sure he had an impact on everybody and i said boy this guy's a genius i'm looking at his stuff i'm looking look. if you want to know where Stephen covey came from just read napoleon hill he he read napoleon hill and he discovered the principle and i read napoleon hill's principles and it says they seem to line up with what covey was talking about So the stuff is there for us. We just have to have the wherewithal to go look for it and say, I want to change. I think if you want to change, you'll find what you need to make those changes. And in your case, I hope people find this book. My name is Jim Burns. We're talking with Mike Kazala. Uh, he is a professional developer, teacher, instructor. He's my boss, really. Uh, he's a great guy. I I, I love working with him, uh, and he's written a great book called The Peak Performing Teacher. And you can go to thepeakperformingteacher.com and take a look at some of that uh, some of that information, or you can go to mikeazalla.com and and take a look at what Mike has to offer. We're going to have all of this in the episode description too. Mike, the websites and everything. And if there's anything else you want to share at the end or you want to send me, I'll make sure it gets in there uh, so okay. people can have a, the ability to get to it. Um, do you Now, how does this stuff play out in your life? What do you do? Like, what would your day look like? Mike, because yeah. he gets up and what do you how do you yeah.
1: put, put uh, this in motion? So, my, you know, my, I'm in a different position in life. Uh, my kids are grown and, and, and gone. Um, and and I, I got to a point too, Jim. Just to backtrack a little bit, and I'll answer your question. You know, there was a point in my life where, and it's all perspective. Since since I turned fifty, I've I've had like three or four surgeries. I've buried both parents. I had to put my dog down. I've had COVID. I had a bad bike wreck where I had to be carried to a car and taken to an emergency room. A, a mountain bike. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love my life. And but I've had had some challenges it's like, you know, Mike, what, what are you going to do here? How are you going to face this and move forward? And it's these types of things that give me that foundation uh, that I can move forward. And, and so what do I do? I mean, I'm physical. I'm physical every day. I, I, I'm, I'm still, you know, in my, I'm closer to 60 than I am to 50. And I still in the gym, you know, two, maybe three days a week on a, on a mountain bike or an indoor bike in the winter definitely three or four days a week. I walk with my wife. We pay a ton of pickleball. I just make sure that for my brain, I do not look at exercise for weight loss. A lot of people do. It's not that efficient as a weight loss tool, unless you're doing tremendous amounts. Um, so I, I, I I do it for my brain. That's my perspective. I know what being physical does for my cognitive abilities, especially as I, as I age. So I, every day I'm on that in the morning, I have a very specific uh, that thing that I do. I meditate every morning. Sometimes I meditate a second time. Uh, it's it's worth it for me to get up a little bit earlier to do that. I do, it makes it transforms your brain. It actually physically changes some of the structures mm-hmm. uh, uh, in your brain with gray and white matter. And it's just it, it's a game changer. Meditation is a game changer. It changes your perspective on things. So as soon as I'm done with that, I do a very specific visualization based around both how I want my life to look, kind of a goal setting thing, uh, and and what I'm grateful for at the same time, seeing myself in it, uh, and and being so grateful for that, all grateful for all the things that I have. So by the time I'm done with that, I'm like excited for it to start my day. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I lean on my personal mission. You know, I wrote it years ago, it's about wellness, and it's about helping other people to experience that wellness I, I don't set goals as much for kind of uh, day-to-day things, but if I have a big event coming up, I will sit down. I'll go through my goal, my, my time frame, my support person, my why, my action plan. You know, is is am I meeting these goals? And uh, you know, what's pushing me away? What's pushing me towards my goal? If it's not working, what's Plan B? If it's not working, what's Plan C? If it's not working, what's Plan D? It'll never fail you. You might get to T but you'll get there. Um, and then in the, the stress management piece is constantly trying to gain a good perspective on things. Mm-hmm. I meditate I practice mindfulness as best I can. Um, and then gratitude just comes naturally to me. I know that when I get angry or upset or scared, because most stress has a fear beneath it, a fear below it. Mm-hmm. We just have to be able to recognize what that fear is. I can go straight for the heart of it what am i grateful for around this situation Mm -hmm. um you know eric one of the things eric savage that's his name talks about in the gratitude chapter is that before if anyone ever had a grievance or they were upset about something came to his office before they did anything and you think about this as a school teacher or a school administrator think about two things tell me two things you're grateful for it changes your state it changes your mindset and now you can have a productive conversation about how to move forward. It just makes you feel better instantly to think about something that you love and something that you're grateful for in your life. So I try to practice that as an, an ongoing basis. Mm-hmm. So I, I I have this, all of them um, play out in my life, you know, mostly every day. It's just become the foundation that I can move forward with. Mm-hmm.
0: And I like your thought, you know, uh, and, I, and I believe I, I got something similar from um, Mark Sisson. Uh, I may have sent you his information. Mark's Daily Apple. Um, yes. Tri- triathlete, but he's he's my age now, and he's, he's discovering longevity on just the things you got to do to stay alive for a long time. Yeah. And the one thing he said was, exercise is not the best way to lose weight. Yeah. Uh, no. You know, it, it's more you know, diet is and healthy living and those things will help you lose weight. Good sleep helps you lose weight more than, yeah. than just, you know, um, you know, running five, you could run five miles and not be able to run for three days after that. Yeah, you, you don't know. Uh, I know I wouldn't. I'd, I could walk five and probably be okay, but I'd need a day or two off, that's for sure. So, we have listeners. We do. We have a lot of them. Uh, so, what suggestions do you have for some of these people, some of our listeners to put these habits into motion for them?
1: Yeah. Take a step back. You know, what area of your life, I'm, you know, I'm a guy that jumps right in. I want to improve every part. I, it's just who I am. I've always been kind of built that way, but just start simply. If you can do one thing, if you can start, if you can you know, use some breathing techniques, uh, if you're in a stressful situation, if you just create, if you can find what really gives you joy, wake up 15 minutes early, earlier, and experience that as a part of your morning routine. Why not? Makes you feel good for your day, uh, and, and and just make sure that you're physical every day. You know, if you're spending a good amount of screen time or television time, uh, can you give some of that up and make your stress relief being physical mm-hmm. or doing a 10 minute meditation or practicing gratitude writing in a journal you know the the research shows that once a week is even very productive for practicing gratitude if you write in a journal Um, so it's just starting picking out those things that you really feel like you can do because I don't want this to add to the overwhelm I think I can sense that we're coming out of the overwhelm but it's been a really we thought last year was bad and this could only get better this year and it got worse for teachers so I don't want to add to the overwhelm, but what is that one thing? Because when you get in front of it, when you get in front of life, the other things from the back end go easier. Mm-hmm. So what is that? Those one or two things that, you know, really talk to you, speak to you, appeal to you mm-hmm. and just implement them. It's like building muscle. You have to do a little bit each day it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Then you can have something else and a little bit each day and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And then you can have something else until it just becomes habit. Mm-hmm. And that is what we're after.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. That's some really good stuff, Mike. Uh, and I'm, I'm not blowing smoke here because you're, you and I are friends. That's really good stuff. It really yeah. is. It, it, it's very impressive. It's something that I hope everyone can take and use and implement and work on in their life. You're very knowledgeable in the area of self help. You like self-help, you, and I think you work to try and improve yourself, and you learn these skills, and you're helping others, and it's a wonderful thing. It truly is. Uh, my name is Jim Burns, we, and you've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. We've, we're speaking with Mike Kazala. Um, Mike uh, has a new book. It's called The Peak Performing Teacher. And you got to take a look at this at thepeakperformingteacher.com. And once again, I'll have this, all of this in the episode description. And go to mikecazala.com to check him out there and all of the things that he has to offer. Mike, is there anything else you want to share, any uh, information you want to put out there so people can find you and maybe use you for professional development or something like that?
1: Yeah, I, I will say this first. Uh, you know, one of the things I write in the book is that the best tool that you have in your self-care journey is a mirror Mm -hmm. in it. You'll find your best advocate for achievement, for wellness, Mm self-care. There's just no one else available to you. You have to make this decision Mm -hmm. uh, to move forward, even if it's in very small steps Mm -hmm. to support your own life. You know, we take, like you said it earlier, Jim, you take care. We take care of everything else in our lives and put ourselves last. You know, our jobs, our homes, our kids, our you know the students that we teach. Just you know, running your own life is like having a small business, and we put ourselves at the bottom. Well, you know that's not good because all of this is going to be much more difficult. So move yourself to the top of your list. And uh, if you're in for interested in, in more information, you can go to thepeakperformingteacher.com. You can go to MikeCozala.com to check out my work in kinesthetic classrooms uh, using physical activity in the teaching and learning process, which is a part of the physical life. Uh, and and uh, be in touch. You can contact me through the website. I'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And Jim, again, I just really appreciate this opportunity.
0: Oh, Mike, it's been my pleasure. Um, and I love doing it. I love talking to guys, you know, like you who are examples Um, and they are success stories, they really are, and for you to step out and want to teach this type of information to others is very impressive, and I admire you, I admire the work you do, and I'm grateful that I can call you a friend and a colleague, um, Okay, Mike, You've been li- and you've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. We just got through interviewing Mike Kazala. Mike, you're going to stay with me for a minute after the interview. Uh, and I hope that you spend some time with Mike's website and with the book PetePerformingTeacher.com. Take a look at the information. You'll love it. I'll have everything up on in the episode description for you. Once again, this is Jim Burns. Thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101 okay that was mike kazala who i interviewed uh on tuesday march 15th a terrific guy uh with a wealth of information and i i made uh you got i made my listeners aware of that um uh, during the interview there's a there's a couple of things i i don't want to miss here first of all I'm going to have all these links in the episode description. Pete Performing Teacher, mike@kazala.com. Uh, I'll have all of that there for you. Mike did a TEDx talk some years back. I'm not even sure when it was. it was, but it was on the uh, effect of movement and uh, the kinesthetic classroom and how this can be used to help our kids... You know, learn better. Move around. Yeah, it, it's so important. I mean, we've got such a problem with teenage obesity, diabetes, all kinds of other things. This creates a natural environment within the classroom for movement. And uh, kids need to get outside. And more now than ever with the pandemic and so on, you know, they've been bottled up in classrooms and in homes on um, their social media devices and they need to get out they need to go out and move it helps the brain process information far better now there's one other piece I don't. and by the way Mike's a course designer as well he designed the kinesthetic classroom I'm teaching a course online right now that he designed it's called achieving health and balance for teachers so he's got a lot going And he is very bright and he does a great job. But there's one other thing I want to share with you. If you are a teacher in the field and you're working and you know you have to take a certain amount of graduate work, you know you have to do it over the course of, uh, I think it's five years or whatever, whatever the case may be. Mike works for a company, I work for the same company, I'm a teacher, Mike's an administrator, called the Regional Training Center. They're in Randolph, New Jersey. And you can go to their website, it's www.thertc.net. And you go there, and I'm going to put that link in the episode description as well. And you're going to be able to take graduate courses... And the your degree will be awarded either through the College of New Jersey or LaSalle University in Pennsylvania. Now, let me explain something to you. These graduate courses are not theoretically based where you're sitting in a classroom and someone is talking to you and you're taking notes and you leave and you take a test at the end of 15 weeks. These courses are compressed and they are... They have been designed in such a way where they bring theory to practice. In other words, you could take what you learn in a weekend course and you can use it on Monday morning. We're getting back now into the face-to-face format. We have the virtual format. We have the online format. These are powerful courses. And you'll have to go to the website and I'll, again, I'll leave it in the episode description, the RTC.net, and you have to check out this information because it's, uh, I, I, if I had to go get a a master's degree right now, I'd go right through them beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's one of the best things you can do as a teacher for your career. You don't have right now. You don't have to leave home. You can do it right from your desktop. You can do it in your pajamas. You can take online courses. Do it in the evening. It is low pressure. There is a terminal project that you got to complete at the end of each course. It's it's called an LEP, which is basically a project that's a, a, a um, that is course related. That is done with the approval of your instructor. Don't miss this thing. Don't miss it. Because if you do, you know, you're going to end up sitting in a classroom with someone yakking at you for 15 weeks. This is the way to go in terms of uh, education today and teachers who are in the field getting college credit. Don't miss this one, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm warning you. This is something that you need to do and you need to take advantage of it. And I'm letting you know about it right now. Right now. So that was a great interview with Mike. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Once again, my name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Our next podcast is going to be rather interesting. It's going to be called... What If... The Frankenstein monster was a nice guy. So I'll be doing that next Tuesday. I expect you to take a take a listen. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it, and we'll have a bunch of stuff in the episode description you can download with this uh, with this podcast as well. So until then, my name is Jim Burns. You have a great week and happy Wednesday. we